0: Groove Cafe.
1: It is the Groove Cafe on RX Radio, and I am Crystal. Thank you for joining us yet again for another amazing conversation. I'm always looking forward to learning from my guests and just hearing what they are passionate about. My guest today is the executive director for Amaria Tech and one of the founding members of the Uganda Youth Coalition for Sustainable Development Goals, that's SDGs, where she serves as the vice president. Now, she is one of the few certified and experienced hypnotherapist in uganda today and she is accredited by the prestigious ecology school of modern applied psychology in the usa she's also a neurolinguistics programmer my goodness i have many <laughs> questions i have linda Abedja joining me today she is a youth development strategist and so much more welcome linda
2: Thank you so much for hosting
1: me. It's a pleasure to have you. How are you doing? I'm actually great. Mm -hmm. I'm excellent. She had a second where she looked to the (laughs) side and she's like, I'm actually great. I really believe you. So 2023 is treating you good so far? Uh, So far, so good. Do we have big plans this year? Oh my God, so many plans
2: (laughs) on a professional level, but also on an individual Mm -hmm. level. I have a lot of plans, but this is the year where I am committed to making a lot of money.
0: Oh, so.
1: <laughs> Look at you, put it out there Claim it, money uh-huh. What do I like to say? Money likes me, money looks for me Money stays with me So um, yeah, uh-huh. I want to hear you now um, I don't really have affirmations for money But I just know <laughs> I want to make money this year
2: <laughs> Okay, lots of money this year Lots of it, lots of money okay. Because I feel like I'm prepared
1: enough And now this is the time to make the money. You've prepared enough, so you've been very strategic also about the steps you've taken in the last few years. Okay, okay. So Linda, let's start Mm. with the little Linda. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where were you born and where did you grow up? So I was born in Lira. Mm -hmm. I grew up in
2: Lira. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Though uh, my education, I had a lovit in Kampala.
1: Okay. Yes. Okay. So Mm -hmm. when did you come to Kampala? Was it for P
2: one? Are we Um, talking P one or later? one mm-hmm. i was actually the youngest i you know growing up with the older sisters that are going to school that carrying grab you know
1: oh so you are the youngest <laughs> in the family
2: i'm the second last born okay mm-hmm. so um seeing them go to school with all this grab i also wanted to go to school so you so. also wanted boarding school <laughs> because <laughs> yes. of the grab because of the grab <laughs>
1: <My> children <laughs> okay uh-huh so
2: i think i joined primary when i was About four years old. I was Mm -hmm. really, really young. Mm -hmm. But that's when I joined uh, primary school. I think my dad and my mom were tired of the frustration, Mm -hmm. me crying. They also knew that my siblings were there. They could take care of me. Mm -hmm.
1: Wow, that's really young though.
2: Yes, it is.
1: Okay, so where was
2: that? Which school was that? Some school in SETA, really, really <laughs> deep in SETA, but it was SETA boarding primary school. Oh, okay, so the whole yes. family was here.
1: Yes. Okay. Everyone was in
2: that school. Okay,
1: is that where <laughs> you finished your P7? Uh,
2: no, I later went to Sao Polokagwa, mm-hmm. on Kampala, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. that's where I completed my mm-hmm. primary school. For some reason, I was very sickly in SETA boarding, so they had to change me. Mm. So when they changed me to school, I stopped really falling sick.
1: Okay, okay. And what about secondary school?
2: I went to a single-sex school,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: St. Joseph's Girls' School in Zambia. Okay. (laughs) To tell you the truth, I just wanted to... I don't know if I was really comfortable with a single-sex school, but Mm -hmm. then uh, for my A-level, I told myself I have to go to a mixed school, Mm -hmm. and I went to
1: High. Okay, so you had the two different experiences. Yes. I've seen a lot of people debating, mm-hmm. you know, the merits of single-sex schools. And mm-hmm. there are some people are like, no, they're not a reflection of society. Then the other people are like, well, they're not distractions. You can concentrate on your books. I don't know. What do you think based on your own experience?
2: Well, I think that both of them have advantages and mm-hmm. disadvantages. Mm-hmm. Um single-sex school teaches you how to behave like a lady, mm-hmm. how to take care of yourself. And then also in a single-sex school, you get to talk about things that usually in boarding school they don't talk about mm. because you're all the same sex. So anytime a topic can come in, maybe about sex education, maybe about anything. True, actually. It is a safe space. Yes, it mm-hmm. is a very safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, I feel like single-sex schools kind of like catch the girls in because you don't have the experience of the other opposite sex mm-hmm. and usually when these girls go to the university they get wild oh they lose it <laughs> <laughs> it's okay but yeah for a while it's like
1: yes it's okay calm down calm down
2: <laughs> they really lose it and most of them end up getting pregnant very fast because yeah, they're excited quickly. to see the boys mm-hmm. when when I remember uh, for mixed schools you're kind of used to the boys yeah you get
1: used to them they're just so like you, okay
2: you, you don't really get excited and when I went to SETA I would see girls fighting with boys to go and get food they didn't care they just wanted to reach there but in single school you know even being girls we would be afraid like, we wouldn't push
1: ourselves like oh my god yes <laughs> when I went to SETA
2: I was scared before
1: I wanted mm-hmm. to act like the lady yes yeah, so you, you're like no they can't see me fighting for food <laughs> but these girls would fight with the boys equally uh-huh. I'm like these girls are on another level <laughs> Okay, so what would you say was a defining time for you in school in terms of your personality? To tell you the truth,
2: school really didn't define me so much. Mm -hmm. What about leadership? Did that Uh, come later for you? I think for me, leadership came later because in school, I never took on any leadership position. Oh, wow. Not even a class captain. And to think about what you're
1: doing now, that's kind (laughs) of crazy
2: yes it is so um but thinking about a defining moment um i think in my senior six Mm -hmm. my dad took me to school because i was raised by a single father okay is it three layers
1: three layers of what
2: the hairstyle whereby because for us used to cut our hair Uh and it was not allowed you had to chop everything oh so it had to be all gone everything Mm -hmm. so um my class teacher was like who told you to go and plate such hair i'm sorry who told you to cut your hair like this mm-hmm. go out and then trim off everything and come back looking like a student mm-hmm. and my dad shouted at me he was so angry i remember one of the teachers i think he was called mr gutu mm-hmm. he came to me and he's like I don't worry about your dad that's okay mm-hmm. just focus on your books you're going to pass the funny thing is um in all my previous schools I was always in the class for the dull kids. So they usually have the, the bright, those mm. who are not so bright. Yeah. And then those that are really a bit dull. Yeah. They they kind of group you according to your performance. Mm-hmm. They really group. So um, in primary school, I was in the lowest class. Mm. But for some reason, um, it was okay for me because at least I'll still come up as number one in class. Uh-huh. Even <laughs> if you compare the total <laughs> performance, it was really bad because I would have like 20 aggregates in primary school that was a lot but, but I com- you
1: felt comforted by the fact you'd be first in your class yes and my dad would not really scream
2: mm-hmm. I think the same thing in high school uh, in my O level they also still grouped us mm-hmm. I'll still st- come out among the best in my class okay so when I went to Sita High it was different it was only one class mm-hmm. one arts class a physical class and biology so meaning everyone who did arts was in one class mm-hmm so that means this time out they're not dividing us according to how they think we are knowledgeable. And the teacher came and told me, you know what, you can't pass in this school. We have the best teachers. We have the best way students are taught. Mm-hmm. If you pay attention and if you do what is right, you will pass. OK. And, and that's what I did. And I ended up becoming the best in
1: my class in the fine exams. And I went on government. Wow. So did you surprise yourself? Was it like also maybe you had never been given the opportunity to be able to excel quite like that? Maybe because here they were looking at me as someone
2: brilliant and in mm-hmm. other schools no one mm-hmm. had ever looked at me that way. Yeah so I think it's it's not really that a child is stupid mm-hmm. but I think sometimes it's the perception that the teachers have yeah that makes a child feel like
1: I can do this. You're right. It's very, very, especially, you know, as a child, Mm. you have a very impressionable mind as you're growing up. Mm. You look to other people for affirmation, right? That's so true. I mean, when you grow up, then it becomes different. Hopefully, if you're Mm. an adult, you can rely on yourself. But growing up, you Mm -hmm. look to adults for affirmation. So if they're like, you can't do anything really, then you'll believe it. Okay, so you went on government scholarship. I did.
0: Mm -hmm. Where
1: Mm. did you go? Makere? Makere.
2: Uh huh. Because <laughs> it, it was the university, and everyone would be telling you, go to Macquarie. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yes, it was a goal. Okay. So, what did you do at McCary? Um, I did development economics. Because mm-hmm. at that point, I'm told that every country needed someone who was good at development economics. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be really so good. But I also didn't understand what I was doing anyway, because people told me those people are highly paid. Okay.
1: <laughs> It's funny, these conversations we have. They're like, I had this one. This course is the best one. Mm -hmm. Because it's highly paid. Uh And that's what you went into. And that's what I went into. But it's not something you enjoyed? No. When you say you didn't understand it, you mean you were just doing it? I was the best student and people thought that... I mean, if you're the
2: best, you do the best. Uh Mm -hmm. And because people have recommended for you to do something, you'll do it. Mm -hmm. But at that point, you know, I think going in school, we don't discover ourselves. We don't know what we really want. Mm. So most people, when they're going to the university, it's just what the parents are telling them. Maybe what the people who come to do career guidance are giving Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Or maybe your friends, but actually don't know what you're going to do at the university.
1: True, true, true.
2: So you just do. So did you change your course somewhere along the way? to tell you the truth um i think my first days in class i just felt like i was in the wrong place Mm -hmm. because there was too much mathematics i was never a friend of mathematics (laughs) by that time i think my attitude was mathematics is hard Mm -hmm. and all these weird formulas so i kind of felt like i was out of place Mm. but also my class was full of government sponsored students yeah almost Mm -hmm. half of it Also, I was having some financial difficulties then. So um, Mm -hmm. it was an easy choice for me in second year to say this
1: is not my place. This is not working. Okay. It wasn't working. Mm -hmm. So what was the decision that you made?
2: I was young, I was reckless. I didn't even write any official thing. I just stopped going to the university.
1: You just stopped? (laughs) I just stopped. Oh my, did you have this conversation with your dad?
2: No, at that time, my dad was not really in my life. Okay. Okay, I understand. So it was a very easy decision to make. Mm -hmm. So you just
1: stopped going.
2: Yes. So I I just focused on looking for a job
1: Mm -hmm. and then
2: making some money. Okay. All right. So what was your first job then? I worked in insurance, Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) just like everyone.
2: (laughs) Okay. Uh, But before insurance, when I was at the university, I was selling secondhand clothes in Mm Owino because I wanted money. Mm Mm-hmm. A wino is not easy, but <laughs> the hassle. The mm-hmm. hassle is too much because you have to be in a wino by five. Mm-hmm. And then you have to kusubula, open Yondi water, and mm-hmm. then you start to sell ETC. And then you also get to pick out some clothes, first class, second class, ETC, mm-hmm. and would hawk them around the university. Yes, yes. Hostel by hostel. I had a friend who was called Gloria. After the classes, she would join me and then we can sell. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it was really tough. And also then my mindset was still young because mm. I then started to hear a lot of things about witchcraft around the window. Ooh. One of the guys called me and started to tell me, you see where you are. People are bewitching you. They don't want you to be there. Oh my Lord. Because then I was, I think, 20. You're struggling with the business. Mm-hmm. But then you're hearing all this and people are telling you you're being bewitched. The lady I bought from this purse... Cause you'd rent space. Mm-hmm. They told me that lady actually she did a sacrifice on you before you came. Oh my god. Nothing goodness. is going to
1: succeed.
2: <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing? You know, we know. And then also, uh, Is that to just scare you off, get rid of you because of your competition? I'm like what? I don't know really, but uh, he was a friend. Mm-hmm. Who had uh, told me about it? Even by the me starting out in a winner is because the guy told me that buying a bell in Devota is like mm-hmm. 25,000, mm-hmm. but he meant 250,000. Oh my god! So you <laughs> get there and it's a shock of your life, yes. But I had already booked the space oh for three months, so what I had to do is look for money mm-hmm. to actually buy the actual bell mm-hmm. and start selling. But after a few discouragements because sometimes he would come we really make the sale sometimes he doesn't come i can't sing alone Mm -hmm. and also some people just want you to fail okay Mm -hmm. your competition can send someone to sing for you the clothes you're not so good at with
1: the politics yes yes yes
2: i later realized a wino was not my calling but you tried it well done i tried that's true
1: okay Mm. so you said that was in your first year yes okay and you're also doing a course at that point that you were not feeling <laughs> with formulas you're like blinking like what is going on here yes so you decide not to go back and you start looking for a job you said insurance You yes, started I, I insurance, did insurance. Yes, okay i did insurance
2: mm-hmm. with africa premier health then mm-hmm. I, I did insurance and um i think after some time i just I was frustrated with the sales and everything. And then, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. as a lady, you face certain challenges with some of these men you work with. Mm -hmm. And at that point, also, I didn't know how to handle that. Okay. But Mm -hmm. also, I knew what I wanted. So, Mm -hmm. again, I just simply walked out. Oh, wow. To, uh, yes. (laughs) Did you have another option at that point? Um... At that point, I didn't really have a lot of options, but I was staying with my sister. She was literally taking care of me. Okay. so I didn't, I didn't have the financial pressure.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: So it was just about trying things. And trying
1: to find your own path.
2: Yes, find my own path. I think after that, I later went into I went into tailoring to learn how to do tailoring. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I went to Latif Madoi School in Kawempe.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's what I was learning from uh, Taylor. Okay. Just trying to find myself. Where do I really belong? Is this my thing? Can I do this mm-hmm. to survive and make money? But also with Latif, um, I studied really for some time, I think close to eight months. Mm-hmm. However, I also realized that the people who come in and for them it's effortless. They do it easily. But me, I struggle. Okay. So again, I told myself that this is really not my thing. This I'm is just not trying it. to force Okay. Uh huh. I'm just trying to force it, but it's not my thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I just said, I'm not going to continue with
1: this. Okay.
2: And that's when I, I think I just went, I sat home, doing what most girls usually have let me look for a rich man, marry a rich man, oh my God. change my life. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> but also, I think it was that because of some of the circles I was around.
1: Okay. Because
2: mm-hmm. most girls think, okay, if I get a rich man, mm-hmm. It can open for me a business, I can change my life, and at that point, I think that's why I was also. Mm-hmm. So now you focus the whole day, you're chatting, looking for someone to hook up like <laughs> you get it. Eh? <laughs> Thank you for the honesty, <laughs> but that's the truth. That's what most girls do.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you go out to happen because you think you land on some, mm-hmm. they will find you, out you there, there. a millionaire. <laughs> and then there is a friend of ours, um. I think a friend of my sister's. So Mm -hmm. she was traveling out of the country and my sister called us to go and visit her. Mm -hmm. And she was actually traveling to the UK. She had married some politician in the UK. Mm -hmm. I will land and he had changed her life overnight. And we're all there. Many girls were all seated like, how did you do it? How did you find him? (laughs) She's like, save your money and go to Mombasa. Mombasa is where you'll find men. (laughs) Wow. she like, save your money. We shall go to Mombasa. And then we shall find, like, you know, the rich men are in Mombasa. And she was telling us this is the time because this is when the rich people go for holidays. The poor people don't go for holidays. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Yes. I'm really enjoying the story. <laughs> so she gave us her story of how she saved Fefulia. Mm-hmm. And she went to Mombasa. And then uh, I think two weeks later, when her money was almost done, she met the guy. Mm-hmm. And then I think after three weeks, they got engaged. The guy came to Uganda, bought her house, bought a car. They got married and three months down the road, she's traveling to stay with the guy.
1: Okay. <laughs> after three weeks? Yes i guess there was a magic
2: there yeah so we were all like oh my god that means it's possible Mm -hmm. and we said we are going to start saving money to go to mombasa (laughs) Uh and so um we put our group and like how much are we putting every Mm month and the target was everyone has to raise like one million and also she was telling us you see these men want you to you have to dress up like this avoid such men when you're there
1: she was the expert she was now the expert (laughs) Uh Um, we
2: started and also you know you tell yourself if i'm to go there i want to really look good i have to work on my body Mm -hmm. i have to work on my skin you know you know how girls can be yes yes so um that time i was a bit overweight i wanted to lose some weight okay so trying, trying. Then one day I was scrolling on the internet and then I saw some guy selling tea. It was called Ayaso Tea. It was like lose five pounds in five days. And you know, we want quick fixes.
1: <laughs> Those skinny teas. And I'm like, they have taken people's money. My goodness, these things.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. I looked for my money. Mm-hmm. I called him. I said, I want to lose five. Actually, he was saying five kgs, not even five pounds. I'm mm-hmm. like, I calculated in five days. days I say two weeks I'll have achieved that goal, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. so um, when we went, uh I went, I met the guy, and then later he told me, you know what, you can actually make money as a side hustle
1: mm, okay, now that's
2: when the network marketing thing comes in mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think within me, I'm an entrepreneur, I like to make my own money, yeah, but then sometimes when you're around the wrong people, yeah
1: the wrong circle. I think you have put it so beautifully the crowd you know yes. the, the company you keep yes. you do not realize how they influence you just that whole plan of let's <laughs> save our money go to Mombasa <laughs> find a rich man I'm like what but that was yes. your company then and yes, that was that's the company yes that's what you were working towards yes so he's like you can make money so now you start focusing on your own business journey yes. and you leave those guys
2: because they were not really close to me they were closer to my sister but Mm -hmm. i was also trying to fit in Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay so he tells me you can actually make money all right i was just trying it out so i I started and i started to make some little money Mm -hmm. but what i loved about it is he started to coach and mentor us Mm -hmm. to make sales but now to make sales had to come in a certain level of personal development
1: yeah Mm -hmm.
2: Because the more you grow yourself as a person, the more money you can actually make. Yeah, And we realized that the more we started to go into the personal development, um, we started to make even more sales.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm.
2: And so he was was really an amazing person. But what I loved about him, um, he was always happy. Mm -hmm. He was always smart. You'd never hear him complaining or being negative. Never. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that really... um, I loved about him is he always talked about his mother, how he loved his mother so much, and how his mother is everything to him, how if he saves money, he's going to take the mother out of the country. Like when he's talking to all of us, mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, this game must have So he had a grown. goal. That, uh-huh, yes. uh-huh. But then later on, when I started to get to know him, hang around him, I got to realize that the person he was talking about was actually his stepmother who didn't treat him well when he was young. Oh. Okay. (laughs) What's happening? (laughs) I think for him, he reached a certain level of, he just said, I'm grateful for my stepmother because she didn't kick me out of the house.
1: At least she took care of me. Okay. So instead of focusing on all the 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 bad, yes, the negative, he decided to focus on the positive.
2: Yes, even if it was just one or two things. Wow. It was my first time to find someone with such an attitude, not religious, not telling you about God, but it's just his character.
1: Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm.
2: So for me, that was something that was different. It was something that's new. Someone is not telling you about God, but actually living that. Mm -hmm. And I think one day um, when I was going to Dubai, because later on, I left TLC in 2017. My dad finally came back and told me, if you want to go and study, choose a country. Okay. So I got uh, an admission in flight operations, flight dispatch, Mm -hmm. um, Emirates Aviation University. So I told him they've given me admission and I traveled, I think, in 2017, the beginning of the year.
1: Okay. And then you went to Dubai. Yeah, I went
2: to Dubai to do a a course in flight operations.
1: Mm -hmm. How was that? It
2: was interesting, actually. Okay. Because uh, when I went to Dubai, I had already reached a certain level of personal growth. Mm Mm-hmm. And one thing that my coach told me is that every professional was once an amateur. And then he also told me that there is nothing that someone can do that you cannot do. Mm.
1: Aren't you blessed to have a mentor like that?
2: <laughs> At that point, I think that's what I really needed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Even if I was no longer supporting him with TLC, he still supported my journey. Okay. okay. Working with and And I love that about him. Even today, you call him I'm like, I'm stuck. I need help. He will help you even if you're not working for him or with him. Mm. And he doesn't try to force you to come back and work
1: for him. Okay, okay.
2: So for me, that was quite, I mean, about someone. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Aviation school. <laughs> you know aviation? You see these girls online, like cabin crew, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And you're all like, oh, I want to be like that. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to do cabin crew, but then uh, my sister was dating a pilot, my Mm -hmm. cousin. Mm -hmm. So I asked him, she's like, a cabin crew, if you age or something, what will you do then? You Mm -hmm. can do flight operations. You're like a ground pilot, Mm -hmm. flight dispatcher. I'm like, oh, this is even a better thing. Okay. And like, even with flight operations, you can upgrade to become a pilot or you can even be a flight dispatcher, but you'll be more qualified. Mm Mm-hmm and I'm like I'd seen a friend of mine had gotten a job with Qatar and she looked good <laughs> she had yeah. she had bought herself a car within a short period of time mm-hmm. and I'm like maybe something or in my life is going to change finally uh-huh. and I was thinking after Emirates Aviation I'm going to get a, a school with them sorry a, a job with them okay my first day in class You know, aviation, if you've seen pilots carrying these suitcases... Yes, yes, they're flight cases. Yes, the first day you enter class, you find yourself with your suitcase full of books. Okay. It was a course of only nine weeks. So intense, very intense. Mm -hmm. Because you studied the whole day. Mm -hmm. So I reached my tab, I think, as the last person to enter because I was trying to find my way to the university. Well, I think only 14. When I enter class like this, everyone has... About 13 books at, on that table. Yeah. This is only nine weeks. You're giving us 13 huge books. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like, now what
2: is this? And I'm still there. They start to distribute to us calculators.
1: Okay. Again, the math has found you <laughs> again.
2: Yes, it found me again. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started to give us calculators. Um, they first gave us one that is like plastic then after they gave us another aviation calculator mm-hmm. then they told us now you need to buy a scientific calculator for yourself oh it's not that the one that's like 1.5 million the casio the, mm-hmm.
1: the, i don't know how much
2: that one is mm-hmm. i first sat i'm like but what am i doing <laughs> <laughs>
1: I am chatting with Linda Abeja on the Groove Cafe, and we are going to continue this conversation with you tomorrow. So make sure you tune in for part two between 4 and 5 p.m. And don't forget, the first part of our conversation goes up in our podcast this evening, only on RX Radio
0: Groove Cafe.